You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. It is as official as you can get without us physically being in a movie theater. That movie theaters are returning July 23rd. That is what I've heard. That's what I've seen. It looks like it's going to happen. I'll believe it when I'm in the theater. But Taylor, this is exciting that we're just a couple weeks away. Yeah. Once my butt's in the seat, popcorn's in my gob, then then I'll know. I'll but take no. it a step further. Button seat popcorn and the movie turns on then i know because there's still time there's still time yeah. <laughs> to, to get you out of there psych so. psych yeah. um no i'm with you mike as far as i can tell you know um we're actually ahead of all of the stage three like guideposts or whatever so barring some sort of calamity um you know once we hit stage three that's when the movie theaters open so I'm just waiting. I would say that movie theaters reopening was probably, I would say probably the number one thing on my list that would get, gets kind of me excited, you know, like, you know, returning to other things is great, but I would say number one movie theater, number two haircut. And I have a haircut appointment on Thursday. So it's going to be, it's going to be a good couple of weeks. My hair appointments in August. August. (laughs) Yeah. Whoa. Okay. um, It's just like one, the hairdresser I go to is just like a, like, it's her, you know what I mean? Like she has a chair in like a building. Oh, it's just her own stuff. Yeah. It's not like I go to a, like a salon with multiple hairdressers. So anyway, she filled up quick. That was my fault for like waiting. (laughs) And also, um, I can't go during the work day. Right. If I had more leeway, then I probably would have gotten sooner, but I'm not dying for a haircut. (laughs) <laughs> so august is fine i booked I a massage am. oh you booked a massage oh that's good apparently you could have been going for massages this whole time you but, really yeah, <laughs> oh i thought they were a, i thought they were same as like hairdressers they were like considered the same thing it's no? an essential service because okay. if you like, think like if someone like it's not essential for me but i'm thinking like if <laughs> right. someone's getting like someone's going through rehab or something like on an injury, like it would be part of their treatment. Yeah, that's true. That's fair enough. Yeah. But anyways, because it's not essential for me, I thought I'm going to be a good citizen and wait. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Hey, if you can wait, then you wait. I think that was a, that's a good call. I can't, I'm, I'm pretty much past my breaking point with my hair. It's too long. This is the second time in this pandemic it's happened to me. I'm getting it cut Thursday. No matter what happens, it's happening. I even have my second dose of my vaccine this week too. And it's it's a couple days before before the haircut, like it's tomorrow. So I'm hoping I don't have any symptoms or anything because I am walking in to my barber. I don't care. I'm just, I have to get this cut. We got our vaccine on Sat our second vaccine on Saturday. I felt fine, but Yeah, so so far I, I've heard for most people, if anyone has any reaction, it's pretty minor. So um It's like I'm, fl- like a light flu. Yeah, light flu. Um, you know, that's about all I've heard. So I'm I'm hoping and optimistic it's gonna be fine. Um 
So it's, uh, and all that getting done is just good. It just means we're getting closer to things. That just means we're going to be vaccinated. Hair's going to be cut into the movie theater, movie theater popcorn, sit down, maybe even a fountain drink. I might splurge. I don't know yet, you know? Yeah, I might splurge too. Fountain drink time. I have, Um, this is my own little hack and probably the screening in Kingston staff are going to hate me for sharing this but the screening i like room staff right yep yeah, we're screening screen, in kingston yeah, we don't have staff <laughs> <laughs> we're we're the unpaid staff yeah. um uh, i did what um people on the internet do they message us when they have complaints about the screening room but, yes uh, yeah <laughs> wendy yeah. probably likes that but she's oh, not I'm getting sure. that but anyways <laughs> we, we get all of it yeah i um i like to get the fountain pop in a glass you know how they have glasses there? Like they have glasses and mugs. I, oh, I, I asked you can ask for that. Well, I one time I did. <laughs> you did it. Yeah. Yes. And now that's what I do. <laughs> oh, I want to do that. Oh, that's great. Oh, yeah. I want to do that. Cause I don't, I don't know. I think if you're already putting the tea in a mug, why not? Yeah. yeah why can't you put the pop in a glass? And that should be did. called, that should be called the Taylor special. Give me the Taylor <laughs> special. It's a fountain pop in a glass. <laughs> <laughs> do you put ice in it like did they put ice in it i think like probably now that that's the key it, for me like, i love the ice the fountain pop ice. has ice in it yeah usually so, usually they put a thing of ice in there yeah um yeah i just say hey put that in a glass and they say okay <laughs> <laughs> hey that's i'll try that hey put that in a glass <laughs> <laughs> i say please okay all right <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, we're good. We're going to be there. I'm looking forward to it. It just means that uh, in a couple of weeks, our episode, um, I think it's July 27th, is the episode that we will be reviewing something from the movie theaters. We don't know what. I mean, I don't know what the screening room is going to have. I don't know what the multiplexes are going to have. I don't, but we'll, we'll figure it out. But it looks like right at the end of July, we get to end July with, with kind of a normal show, which is the first time in like, Months. I don't know how long. A long like time. since October. Yeah, it was October the last time that movie theaters were open. That that's I'm around what I remember. Sure. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because I'm pretty. Yeah, I think because I think we entered a movie club into November, and then we did all our holiday stuff in December. So I think that make timeline makes sense. Yeah. So, we'll so we're overdue. We are. We are. Um, the next couple of weeks, as we kind of mentioned in in last week's show, um, are going to look a little different. Taylor and I are taking a little break. We're going to be off for two weeks to just, I mean, it's only one day that we have to do this, but I don't know. It's still a lot. We still have to, you know, do watch the movies and think about it and talk about it. It's nice to get a little break in the summer. Um, and we thought it was well-timed with the movie theaters probably opening. Um, there will be episodes though. So don't, don't worry about not getting screening and Kingston stuff. There will be two episodes coming up in the next two weeks they will be star trek related content so for you trekkies out there you're gonna love it um for everyone else you're gonna Hate still it. listen to it i guess because <laughs> you still do <laughs> you seem to still listen to them so <laughs> you you're gonna hate listen um but uh, yeah it's uh, tyler has given up a little bit of his time this week for us to talk some star trek original series stuff so it's gonna be gonna be a lot of fun um but hey that's that's what we do, right? We talk about fun things, and if Taylor's not on the show, it's probably uh, Star Trek talk. Yeah, 
I didn't even ask for the time off. You just said uh, we're doing it and we're doing Star Trek. And I said, well, because okay, I, because <laughs> I want this is the thing though. I wanted the time off too because we're record. Like I, I talked to Tyler about recording this week so I could have the same two weeks off as you. Yeah. Um, and we both it's could have it off. So it was really, holiday. I, yeah, it was really me who wanted the time off. <laughs> you didn't ask for it, even bring it up. I'm not even sure if you're on board for it. I kind of just told you it was happening. I said, this is what's happening. We're taking time off. Um, and you know me, Mike, uh, I just go roll. You just. Go with the flow. Go with the flow. <laughs> but you you do like that's a good point to bring up to people about uh, fan questions. So just so everyone knows, there won't be fan questions for the next two episodes. So same with when Taylor and I return for the twenty seventh of July, you can do fan questions again then. So that deadline is Monday, the Monday before, so the twenty sixth. Um, send in your fan questions for that episode. Next two weeks, just kick back. I guess if you have Star Trek related questions, send them in this week because Tyler and I are going to record sometime by the end. Let's just say give us give us till Friday. Um, you can send in Star Trek related questions by this Friday. Otherwise, the 26th of July for that first episode. Cool. Um, today, we're doing some fun screening, streaming, talk, catch up as we've got a couple new films to talk about and one that I thought was new but was a mistake and wasn't actually new and I watched it for no reason and it was terrible. So really it was just a waste of my time. Um, we're going to talk about those and do some sort of streaming catch up. Kind of what we hope for the last time for a while. It would be nice to not We'll go back to streaming when there's something that's streaming only, and we really want to talk about it. And hopefully, we're not doing this for a while. But we thought, hey, let's let's end off this time of no movie theaters with a nice streaming catch up. What's what's streaming out there? Can we recommend it? Can we not? Um, I don't know about you, Taylor, because I don't know anything about the film you watch, but all of mine are not great, so it I don't have a lot to recommend to people. Yeah, I don't do. I'm. I'm hoping you go first because I still need to collect my thoughts about what I watched. Oh, I can go I... first. I mean, I also have more movies than you, so I can do a couple. <laughs> we can do yours and then we can yeah, come back we'll and do one of mine at the end or something. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So I can definitely go first and talk about some of the films. But I that's can't... interesting that you're still you're still thinking about it. Like, yeah, you have like I don't know it. what to say. So, I mean, I'll explain it when I get into it. But okay. it's like a... So I watched part one of a trilogy and Netflix is re is releasing it like one after another, like for three weeks in a row, once a week, they've released like a part of the thing. If that so for sense. three weeks in a row, they're they're releasing one of these parts per week, but it is it is a movie. It's not a series. It's a movie. It's three it's a movie. movies in it's a trilogy. Like a it's a trilogy. Ah. So I think it's the first time Netflix has done something like that. They sometimes if they have if they're doing um if they've partnered with a broadcaster like a tv broadcaster i know that they sometimes with tv shows will release like one a week sure um but this is the first i know that they've done this with a movie where they've done like a three-parter Right? Have you heard of this before? I'm. I see. That's as soon as you said, I was trying to think, and I don't think they've done this with a movie. Yeah, you're right. With a series, they have. They've released. They'll release one episode per week, like some of the other streaming yeah. series too. But like, that's I only think, when they have a deal. Like it's not. I think th their Sabrina, preference. I think the first season of Sabrina was done that way. Was done that way. Yeah. Like they, their preference is to just b do the binge stuff. Like that's that's supposed to be the difference between Netflix and like Crave and I Disney. Mean, plus which all do the one you still are there. kind of binging because it's like back to back to back you know what i mean like yeah it's um, 
but I can't, I don't think they've done this for a movie. I think you're no. right. I think they've never done anything like this. So that's kind of neat that they're experimenting and do different things. I had just never heard of it when you mentioned that's what you were watching. I was like, what is this? Like, I just never even heard of it. And that's the thing about Netflix is they don't, I guess they don't feel the need to do too much promotion of their stuff. Like I never see trailers or ads for like something specific on Netflix. Usually it's like, yeah, get Netflix. Here's some of the things on there. But unlike, again, every other streaming platform where I've seen advertisements for the Tomorrow War, which is the new movie coming out on Amazon Prime. Like I've seen ads for that. Yeah. Whereas I haven't even heard of this thing. So I, I'm I, interested to see. Now what that you mentioned that, Mike, I don't think I've ever in my life seen a Netflix commercial. No, I don't ad. think they do it. Like, I, I think they don't feel they need to, maybe. Sometimes I don't know. Sometimes they've started. This is, I think, more new, maybe within the last year. Correct me if I'm wrong. Now they start, um, well, A, they do that really annoying thing when you're scrolling and they autoplay oh, the trailers. Oh, I hate that. But that's I old. hate it. But now I find that when I'm finishing, like if I run something through to the credits, they'll start a trailer, like after the, the thing I'm watching. Does that make sense? Like, you know, you say you watch a movie, the movie ends, mm-hmm. the credits roll, and then okay. they'll start playing a trailer start for something, for something else. else. That they think you'll like or whatever? Yeah, but I don't think it's like new stuff. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's already on the platform. Like, I've right, never right. seen them advertise something before it. Actually, Mank, they did that for Mank, where I tried to sign up. Remember when I tried to watch Mank and then it turned out it wasn't being released until like a week later. <laughs> yes, yeah. So that's the one time where I'm like, oh, yeah. Mank, I'll watch that. And but I'm it was like, a trailer, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like, you gotta yeah. wait. Like, I've, I've seen them for some of their series. Like, I know they did this for Stranger Things. Like, they'll release a trailer that you can go watch if yeah. you go into Stranger Things. Or like, I've seen them do that sometimes. But again, it doesn't just play. You have to usually go find it. So Netflix just seems to... I guess it works for them. I mean, I not to say I mean, they're it doing wouldn't. something right. <laughs> but to me, as someone who does a lot of marketing, I that would make me very nervous. It's like you're counting on people to just know your stuff is here, which is, I don't know, I feel like that's giving people a lot of credit like you i feel like you have to promote things more but i guess not this series was this this movie was kind of on my radar i had read that they were doing an rl stein adaptation and that they had got the rights to it but then i didn't hear anything else until i was on netflix and it was like in Hmm. the in the trending section. I didn't know it was R.L. Stein. So see, I'm I'll get, I'll get all into it. You'll get into it, yeah. We do have one fan question. Um, and it's kind of kind of along the line of, of bad movies. Um, it's, of course, from Josh, our Inquisitor, who always has a fan question. Um, he says, oh, hey, um, what is your biggest movie letdown experience? Meaning the movie you had big expectations for and were completely disappointed. For me, it was Ready Player One, mostly due to how much it differed from the book okay josh the inquisitor um what about yeah, the think... year where we were just consecutive consecutively let down like movie after movie the joker... wasn't that the joker year yeah, there was like was yeah it was the it was the joker and it was that weird zombie movie yeah um, only only the only dead die or the, only the dead the dead die only, only the dead die yeah something only like the that died, something um, like that <laughs> The, yeah, because it, it, was, it was a few in a row, wasn't it? Yeah. Where we just kept the lighthouse. going. The I lighthouse. I was really disappointed by the lighthouse. Yeah. 
There was, um, oh, there was more, but yes, I think that's the biggest stretch. I was kind of let down by Suicide Squad. Oh yes, yeah, Suicide Squad. That that was that a was before we even had this sh- show. <laughs> yeah, most most of the all of the DC movies. That's my answer, Josh. They've all been a letdown because I love the like Justice League comics and that it's like Superman's like one of my favorite superheroes of all time and all the DC movies recently in their like cinematic universe has been terrible. So that's my answer. I'm worried for the Robert Pattinson. I mean, I like the director. It was the director who did the new planet of the apes movies. And I really enjoyed all three of those. So I like the director. I like the actor. Can they stick the landing? It's got a stacked cast. Yeah, it does. Like, And it sounds like it's going to be interesting. But again, I just... That's the thing. How much interference there will be from this studio is, to me, bothersome. Because the mistakes they made was all around the insecurity of, we have to catch up to Marvel, so let's do it really fast. But that's not what happened. Like, Marvel took 10 years to get to where it was. And they were like, let's do it in three and it just every movie was so bad. Like they've only uh, the the first Wonder Woman is the only film that I can say is like a legitimate see it for me. People who are not superhero fans would probably enjoy it. It's a good movie. Every other film has either been terrible, and the best they've done from there is man, it was okay. Yeah. So I'm sure there's bad. other movies I can think of, but those are like fresh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like probably well, that, most... that was a good, that we was the Joker. We like the hype. dead don't die. I was really pumped about. And then it was just bad. Also a stacked <laughs> cast. Yeah. It was just weird. I forget about that movie. Cause it was so weird. <laughs> yeah. It was so weird. It was so poorly done. And it, yeah, had such a great cast. And it was just, we, you know, I was at the screening room and we thought it was going to be just amazing. It was just so bad. Yeah, Yeah, that was terrible. Uh, But thank you, Josh, for the fan question. Just again, quick reminder, fan questions. Got to save them now until July 26th. That'll be the next deadline, unless you have a Star Trek related question, which sent in by this Friday. Screeninginkingston.com or our email address, screeninginkingston at gmail.com. Let's talk some movies. Um, Okay, so I'll go first. I'll, I'll stall. So Taylor has thinking time. Um, and I'm going to talk about the Army of the Dead first. Or I guess, sorry, Army of the Dead. I'm the... fascinated by it. Army if of anything the else, dead. if anything else, Mike, we have, I can't speak to the other movies you're going to talk about, but we have two movies that are just interesting. Like, yes, you know, like <laughs> definitely. The aura around these movies are more interesting than the movies themselves. 100%. And the thing you're alluding to that makes this movie so interesting was without a doubt the best part of the movie and not on purpose. Um, so Army of the Dead, what we're talking about, and I think this is what you're talking about, Taylor, yes. is the replay- cast replacement situation. Yes. So they had a cast member, um, Chris Diella, some comedian who got himself into trouble. Apparently there's been sexual harassment allegations against him. He was sort of scandal ridden for, I guess, a couple of months. Never heard of him before this. Still have never heard of him. I'll Um, be honest. I don't know who that is. Don't know who this person is. But anyway, it was enough for Netflix to be like, you got to take him out of your film. So they spent millions of dollars (laughs) to, to not reshoot the film. They shot the film. It was edited. It was ready to go. They just hired Tig Notaro, who's a comedian. She's, I guess, well, most well known for like she had a series for like a little bit. Um, she's on Star Trek Discovery now and does those funny videos um, 
with Funny or Die, where she has a fake talk show because she doesn't know anything about like pop culture and will bring on a celebrity and, that she doesn't know and have to try to guess who they are based upon the conversation <laughs> so you're having. this show with me. Yeah, it's called it's yeah this show. It's kind of they took our idea and made it work. So it's called they Under a Rock. It. Yeah, it's called Under a Rock with Tig Notaro, and it's from Funny or Die, which they do YouTube and and web stuff. Um, but it's it's kind of funny. But anyway, um, also a comedian. They replaced this Christiella guy with Tig Notaro, and what they did was just shot Tig Notaro with a green screen. And then randomly inserted her character into the movie where they needed to. And it's so obvious, Taylor. <laughs> that, that, and it's so funny because there are so there's there's moments where the like the way they kind of did it was okay, we're just gonna edit it where here's a character talking to Tig's character. And then, you know, the, the camera can pan over or cut over and, you know, Tignataro standing in a different spot. Okay, fine. Like that, that stuff was fine. Okay, whatever. You're splicing it together. But then there were moments, you know, when like in a zombie movie, when let's say a big attack happens and then you kind of have the downtime moment where characters are walking and, and there's like conversation or plot yeah. that we can get. From we them learn about characters. the character. Yeah, yeah. Those were the funny moments because it's as if, they just had her say random stuff to put her like very generic things and try to insert her into the scene. So there's like one time where two characters were talking and then like another one passes the screen and says something. And then she walks by and is like, come on, we got to go this way, guys. And like that was it just looked so out of place. And it was very strange. And I thought it was extremely noticeable. Um, it so was did they funny. have. Did they have her, um, like, is she saying the lines that the other comedian said? Well, as far as I know, like, because the, the responses all seem to kind of, for the most part, line up. Um, she she kind of plays, it's sort of a weird movie where it's not, it's not your typical zombie movie. Um, they actually montage at the beginning of the film over the interesting stuff that we'd normally get in a zombie movie. Like the plot of this movie is the government's experimenting on someone, turns them into a zombie. The, the, of course, the thing crashes near Vegas and uh, the zombies take over Las Vegas. Um, and at the beginning of the film, you montage through everything that would normally be in a zombie film. Like you see people get together, a troop form, they have to escape. There's even like a heroic sacrifice, but we don't care because we don't know who any of these characters are. And then they all leave and the government blocks off Vegas. And then the story is this person wants to get his money out of this casino and zombies don't care about money. So it's always just sitting there and he grabs all these people who escaped and hires them to go in there. And Tignataro plays like the helicopter pilot who's going to get them get them in there, get this helicopter that's sitting somewhere and, and fly them out. Um, so it kind of makes sense that she was able to be isolated from everybody else pretty easily. I don't know how much they, they had to cut of the dialogue. I don't know how much they changed it. There was only one scene where they were able to shoot in a way where you could split the screen down the middle and she's technically walking beside a character and that's how they made it look. But obviously she's not because there's no, like she never touches a single person. There's no close contact. There's very few close scenes. Do you scenes. think that if you didn't know this happened, it would be so obvious? You know what I mean? Mm, like, No, no, probably not. But the um, fact that you knew she was spliced in made it made it worse. Probably. Um, you can I think you could have you could tell that it's it's always a green screen 
behind her, whereas there's oh, some okay. they, they they built a practical um, set and they did a pretty good job. Like the production design of this film was actually quite good. Um, until but until you again, get they, to her scenes, <laughs> until you get to her scenes, and it's a green screen. Like it, to me, that was very very noticeable. And again, it was without a doubt the best part of the movie. Like it had me laughing so much because it was so obvious to me and it just made everything funnier um her character had a lot of quippy one lines as well anyway like frankly Tignataro was the best part of the movie all all around um i just think that that to me that it it just it made things look so very strange and very weird and it's kind of all the movie had going for it it's not a good movie it's just nonsensical. Like that's I, as again, I sort of it wasn't the even worth it. spending no. the money to reach. No, it really isn't. And again, like this is a Zack Snyder film. I've talked about Zack Snyder on this before. I do not like him as a filmmaker, as a director. I don't think he's very good at growing characters, telling a good con- concise story, and making you care and feel for things. I didn't care at all about a single person in this movie. And I'm not unfeeling. You just have to earn the feeling. That's how I watch a movie. You have to make you have to earn it. It I don't care if you're if you're montaging through something and you see someone die. Who's that person? I don't know who they are. I don't know why this is significant. And to me, the they montage through the best part of the movie, which was seeing zombies take over Vegas. Like that was kind of because it's so so packed with people. Like the problem spread so quickly, it became you know so interesting. And then the rest of the movie, they're just kind of like they're all walking through. And I can't tell you, uh, Taylor. I can't tell you a single character's name. I can't tell you a single aspect of who the character is, other than the fact that one character has a daughter who also, for some reason, goes in with this big massive team. And everyone is the same generic character. Everyone is just a, uh, a a kind of like no nonsense, ready to destroy zombies, and everyone's perfect. They the, every shot's a headshot. Everyone's just good. Like it's just it's so there's no weak link, which I guess is fine, but it just it made it feel dumb. Like it just there was, was no stupid. Stakes. Not really, and like almost everyone dies, but it's because well, yeah, there's like a million zombies. Like, what do you think you're going to do? Um, but the coolest aspects of the movie, they just they just skipped over. Like they keep. So you know how sometimes in a film, a director chooses what to kind of highlight in editing. Like an editor is there to to kind of do what the director's vision is. So they kept showing shots of this cool, like it was kind of like a, a tabletop saw, but it was detached. And it was kind of like this big saw thing that you're like, oh, he's going to, this person's going to saw down some zombies. They, they never use it, but they kept showing <laughs> shots of it and they don't use it. They use it once to get, to get into the vault, but the, the they, but they, they brought a whole like safe cracker to get into the vault. It was very weird. It didn't make sense. It, it was, it, it kind of reminded me of someone like just playing with their toys just being like, yeah, and then like this will happen and the zombie will yell and then the, the zombies will be weird. And there's a couple smart zombies and they're like in charge of the this people. And they're, what, like, it was really bad. This is, I fear, it's like, so a lot of, I shouldn't say a lot. I don't have the stats, but it's my understanding that Netflix is able to attract, you know, name, name brand, uh, or how, what is that? Uh, like, uh, like, Big names, like recognizable directors. Oh, like household names, you're trying to say? Yeah, Yeah. that's the word I was looking for. They're able to attract household names 
by essentially like throwing money at them and, and like, probably leaving them alone and like yeah let, let yeah. do it you know like um martin scorsese here's millions of dollars we're gonna let you do whatever you want go for it so there's something to be said you know about like giving directors artistic license because we see what you had mentioned it with the dc movies what happens when studios kind of mm-hmm. control the films but it's almost like netflix has swung too far the other oh way. it's a balancing act for sure <laughs> like, it's a balancing act oh yeah. like not that like i don't know Zack snyder is he the one who botched suicide squad no no he he Zack snyder did uh batman versus superman oh, okay. he did he did he half of Botched half, other stuff. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> half of the Justice League. And then unfortunately, like, again, like Zack Snyder and his wife went through a tragedy. And his wife, um, Deborah Snyder, is like also a very well-known, well-respected producer in Hollywood. Like, she's done tons of cool stuff. They had to step away from Justice League right. because of a family tragedy. And that's that's awful. Like, you never yeah. want to see that happen. But his he then he released a Snyder cut, which people want to see. Like, this long six-hour epic of what Justice League could have been and it was awful so i just i i think he is a great director of photography i think he knows how to use a camera in unique cool ways i think he can create cool moments i think he has within him the ability to do some of those things but as a director he's just terrible he doesn't do any of the things that at least i look for but he's still a household name yeah people recognize him. people know who he is that's the sorry that's the point i'm trying to make yeah absolutely netflix and like major actors like you know you're not Mm -hmm. getting b-list actors in um netflix productions anymore no and and you're gonna get people who will come and watch this movie because it's him because he does have a huge fan like it's just like christopher nolan we've got these like fanboys that are just love his stuff i guess i shouldn't just say boys i mean anybody but still that's that's a big part part of his audience and i just have never enjoyed his work like there's there's he did another zombie movie that i think is his best film dawn of the dead and i think that's like the only movie that he's made where i'm like he kind of was forced to have characters and <laughs> development and arcs and stuff but dawn of the dead is already um a film yeah he was remaking so, it yeah so, yeah so he had some already to had the characters yeah. um but yeah army of the dead it's not good it's a skip it you know the the things i'll give the film credit for is it, it is it does look very practical for the most part they built some really nice sets the production design's very good it just was dumb the decisions that that never paid off we're going to make some of the zombies smart okay where are you going to go with that nowhere um you, you know we're going to have all these subplots that happen these like children being left behind by this woman okay where does that go nowhere like it just all these threads just never went anywhere. And it's, it's as though he just had his idea. This is the way I'm doing it. I want to do cool things. Every character has to be a badass, and it didn't work. So skip it. And the reason why everyone wants to watch it is because of the TIG, like, uh, like the refilming. And you got to know that within probably it's already on youtube a compilation of all her scenes you know what i mean like she's yeah, you don't even have part. to yeah. watch it she's the best part of the movie you <laughs> yeah. know some fan has cut together like the best of like all of yeah. the funny stupid moments of her talking to the green screen yeah so. it's great no and yeah she she also like even script wise i'll give the film a little bit of credit she has some of the best one-liners and in, in the movie and it does like 
subvert your expectation in some ways. Like this is kind of the zombie movie after the zombie movie. Like what happens when they escape? Well, the government blockades this place and then they have to go back in for some reason. The problem is, is to me, this felt like a part two that Mm. in order for me to care about these characters going back, you have to develop them. Um, And they just, there's no character development in this. I can't name a character or a motivation. They all just seem to be, they're all really good at shooting zombies. That's it. That's the, that's all I know about them. So there you go. Army of the dead. Skip it. Fair enough. Uh, have you had enough time to digest? Do you want to talk yeah, fear street? I'll okay. talk fear street. Um, right off the bat. What a name. Fear street. Part one, 1994. So is, is part two and three like 95 and 96? Like, is it just so, progressing? Um, let me just pull up the Wikipedia page real quick. Because yeah, go like ahead. I said, there's a lot of moving pieces with this. Well, it sounds like, especially with it being a new, new, yeah, unique new thing. Like, I feel like they're probably just trying to figure that out. But yeah, it's it sounds complex. And I don't know why they would go with such a long name. So I think it should be Fear Street... 1994 and then the second one would be fear street and i think the next one is let me see yep the next one would be fear street 1978 and then the third one would be fear street um 1666 why are you adding adding part one part two part three we already know it's a trilogy yeah yeah that (laughs) seems very strange as to why they would What a dumb way to name it. So anyways, let me give you a little bit of background about this. So a lot of people read the Goosebump books growing up by R.L. Stein and probably watched the Mm -hmm. TV show. Well, he also wrote, so I guess Goosebumps were written for middle schoolers, but he wrote a series of books called Fear Street and they were targeted for teens, like a little bit older. And so... Um, they were kind of, they were a little more gruesome, you know, more graphic, whatever. So um, that's why it was for older teens. So um, Netflix acquired the rights to this um, uh, book series and it's described as a teen horror film. So that's why one of the things that I was thinking about, it's like, okay, Taylor, like, do you not like this? Because this like, isn't you're not the intended audience you know what i mean like i'm no yeah. longer a teen yeah but <laughs> i can enjoy teen things still so um anyways there's three parts the first part 1994 second part 1978 or whatever and then 1666 and netflix is releasing one a week for three consecutive weeks. I'm pretty sure it's back to back to back. So this past weekend, I think it was July 2nd, the first one came out 1994. So it's one of those things you watch and you think, I should like this. You know what I mean? Like it's got the 90s nostalgia, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's a horror movie. There's super super natural elements. Like you could definitely tell it was like informed by Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but also some like current teen stuff. Like it had kind of shades of Riverdale and Sabrina in it. So you're thinking, okay, like this has all of the markers for me to enjoy it. But I like 
didn't really enjoy it, which is so <laughs> crummy. And but I also because the concept is so cool, I feel like I'm gonna watch part two and part three. Really? Yeah. So like even though part one I was kind of like, eh, it has a cool enough premise. So the setup is um there's this town shady side and it's more or less cursed like it's like the crime capital of america and like lots of random murders but obviously you know not everything is what it seems and it turns out that there's a witch from 1666 who has cursed the town and every so many years there's like a a resident of the town essentially goes crazy and goes on a killing spree Hmm. And so you're like, okay, cool concept, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm on board. Well, so far you're saying things I like. It's just I'm waiting for the, I mean. I can't put <laughs> my finger on drop. it. Like it felt <laughs> too slow. It felt um, like I think it would be much better as a mini series. Like it should be like a 45 minute episode television show not Mm. an hour and a half movie like they threw a lot of things in and also like i didn't really care about the characters you know like i didn't i wasn't invested in these teens and again i'm thinking okay is it because i'm not a teen like do i just find them annoying because i'm an adult yeah i mean well do you think that that's it like i don't know i don't know like like, that's like that's why i needed so much time to think about it because Everything's there for me to like it, but I still yeah. like it, but I'm still going to give it a chance. Kind of like, you know how you watch the first season of a TV show sure. and you think, mm, I don't know if I really like this, but it's the first season. They're trying to get their footing. I'll give yeah. the second season a There's chance. enough elements there where you're like, I should like this, so I'm going to give it a chance. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but I fair. think part of the problem is that I just didn't, I found the kids kind of annoying. And so... Yeah. And so um, in the first movie, all of these people, or not all of them, which again was a kind of a weird. So one of the characters disturbs the grave of the witch. And essentially these people, some of these ex-murderers come back to the dead to chase her. Right. Again, pretty typical, like paranormal setup. Not bad. But like not all of the murderers from the past come back to haunt her. So like, that's kind of a weird plot hole. Why are only three of them out of the, the because magic, (laughs) because magic Taylor. Yeah. And so I don't know, like for me, that felt very much like a Buffy episode, right? Like, Oh, these three random people are chasing Buffy, but she doesn't know why. And she has to kind of figure out why. So there's like that mystery element. Um, yeah, but it just didn't work for me. I don't know. Like, I, because it's, because, I don't know if it's on other people's radar. So I hope other people who, who listen to this show watch it and they can write in and tell me if I'm completely wrong. Um, maybe I just like wasn't in the mood to watch it, but the main girl just like really got on my nerves. And I'm like, how am I supposed to be invested in her story? And <laughs> she's like, yeah. Annoying. It just, it sounds to me, like the way you're describing it, that 
the concepts there and you're kind of on board for what they're doing. And it sounds like something, you know, this, this should work for me. And it was just poorly executed. And I hate to sound like, like a broken record, but I all, I always go back to that's the job of the director. Like it's the director's responsibility to execute the film. So if you're feeling like it's slow and the characters, you know, the main person who was cast was too annoying and, and it wasn't whatever, it's not working for you. To me, that's execution. It means the concept was there. Maybe even like, you know, maybe you like the script, maybe you didn't, but the concepts there, the scripts there, the ideas are there. And it was just so poorly done that you're kind of sitting here going, I should like this. I'm on board to see more, but this wasn't particularly good. Like, is that kind of accurate? It also felt like, you know, it fell into the trap of adults writing what teens are like. And I'm yeah. like, <laughs> teens aren't like this, or maybe they are. And if they are now, they're very annoying. But I don't think teens in the 90s were like this because they would be closer to what my teen experience was like. Sure. Right? But, um, uh, do, you, do you know offhand? Because I know you had the IMDb there. Like, do you know if it's the same director all throughout? Like, is this like they got three different directors to do three different films, or is it one person with their vision for three let's films? Let's see. So the first one was directed by Lee Janiak. I might be pronouncing that wrong. So my apologies. Um, yeah, I'm not sure who directed the other ones. Um. Yeah, I don't know. So by August 2020, Netflix acquired the distribution rights to the Fear Street trilogy with a mid-2021 release date strategy for all three movies. Hmm. What a weird... <laughs> I, don't know. I bet it is the same director then, because then they probably filmed them back to back. Oh, here we go. Uh, yep, so the second one is also Lee Janiak. Okay. And then... Um, yeah, I think I'm going to like the second one and the third one better because the second one is about one of the maniac murderers. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Okay. So like in the first one, you have three maniac murderers coming back from the dead. But the second one, like the second movie, takes you back to 1978 during the course of one of the murders. That's like, that's, that's interesting. one of the, see, that's, that's one really of the issues of the movie is you have these interesting maniac murderers and they just kind of threw three of them in. You know what I mean? And it's like the murder, it's the classic case of the murderer is more interesting. And this might be a Taylor problem. Our listeners know that I often yeah. <laughs> yes. find this, the, the criminal or the bad guy more interesting, but it, you know, the murderers were more interesting than the kids. Yeah, yeah. So it felt, and again, you know how sometimes with um, movie series, like when they know, oh, it's going to be a trilogy, that the first movie feels like too much of a setup? Yeah, they're just trying to build everything in the first one. Kind of yeah. like the re- the reboot of Hellboy. Like they, oh, we're so definitely going to have like Hellboy's going to become a series. So like the first movie is really just set up for the rest of the movies. (laughs) That's what this movie kind of felt like. You know, we're putting it, we're laying the mythos for this witch and the maniac murderers. And these kids are kind of the throwaway bookends. You know what I mean? Like the kids, but the kids weren't interesting. Hmm. but maybe if i was 15 but also maybe maybe. one last note and i know we have some younger listeners so cover your ears but there seems to be 
way more sex than when I was in high school. That's the other thing. Like, I'm like, it's adults writing teens because, you know, I know some teens have sex, but like, it just, I don't know. That always sticks in my craw. Well, yeah, you know I, I, mean? I think I think what kind of is acceptable in like teen stuff has changed quite a bit. Because like, I would say that, that there was there was two shifts a shift from for teen stuff has kind of lent more in that direction. I, I like I've noticed that too. And I think that that is a fair assessment. And then like kids films have gotten less scary and less interesting and less dark. <laughs> so it's kind of like one went one way and one yeah. went the other. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I have noticed that because if you think about like, what were the teen things out when, when, when we were, they were quite tame. Uh, by today's standards um they but were again trying, they were trying to have sex but never could you know what never I mean? could yeah <laughs> never, never quite get there which is like yeah. real more like real life <laughs> and i think it is i think it is just a shift of the times like that in terms of film i'm talking about film i'm not talking about society i'm talking about specifically film and television and what's expected because like the cw i think really changed that like with the cw yeah, shows like every, yeah that, that kind of raised i think the bar for that type of stuff so you know you wouldn't see this on ytv but you would on the cw and i think that that's what's you know kids are growing up on that more and now with streaming you can access them all over the place so i think that it just i, will, I think it is just different i will say like it wasn't like the whole movie was like sex 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 there was just like one scene yeah and i think like but like again like it didn't serve the plot at all. And I'm thinking like, is this, I don't know. Like maybe I'm being Which like rude, you but... No, but no, because like you didn't have that scene in Buffy the Vampire Slayer no. until like season three or something. When you she know was what in, I mean? Like, when she was in college. Well, actually. Yeah, no, college. She, yeah. Well, was, yes, um... but you don't see anything. Yeah, but that, it just happened that you yeah. don't see now. That's all suggested. That was just good filmmaking at that time. But yeah, but it wasn't until like you didn't see a scene until like the fourth season. So I think that like, things do change and as as we have seen in the landscape of television and movies what's sort of acceptable or even like expected on in your film to draw people in to to you know challenge things or be to to be yeah to be a little racy and be a little challenging and be a little different you have to do these things um so yeah i think i again i really think the cw shifted that because if you look at all their shows like that's the only reason why you got riverdale was that type of thing, right? Like it's yeah. it's taking these characters, putting them in a more, you know, what the, you'd call like a darker, mature adult setting. Um, but they're targeting a teen audience. So yeah, I think that that, I guess that's that a, makes sense. That's a whole other conversation for another day, but we'll get, we'll get later. We're never going to, no, hold we on, hold on. I, mean, I don't want to, don't give our fans any ideas. I don't want to have a CW episode. I don't no, want to sit here like, and have the, to watch Riverdale. The discussion <laughs> like, of, like, what is appropriate like the discussion of sex in teen movies it's a whole right. other kettle of fish oh yeah that's a whole other and thing. uh i don't want to give our fans any ammo against me um, yeah. but i don't <laughs> yeah, know like sure. i just feel like there's more sex than when we were definitely and uh is it needed let's <laughs> i guess is the other question you know what i mean like and but again i don't want to give anyone more ammo <laughs> Just yeah. like, just the final word will be Taylor is a prude and we'll move on. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, okay. Give, give, but the final word should be your rating here. So what oh, would you give uh, part one? See, like, what would you give I want it? to, this is going to be a first in screening in Kingston history. I really want to wait 
until I watched the other two installments. No, just making up your own rules as usual uh, yeah, for the ratings. Because, fine. <laughs> fine. <laughs> because standalone, like this movie by itself, to me is a skip it. Right. But, but, but you might be change your mind. Yeah. Well, I guess I could say skip this one, but watch the other ones if the other ones are good. So right now it's a tentative skip it. But again, like maybe the second one is going to be so good. You know what I mean? And, people and that you you feel you then need, need the this first, first movie. Yeah. To, yeah. So that's why, I, Mike, I had a lot of feelings, a lot of thoughts, didn't know Would how to tell? put them into words. But uh, there you go. That Fear Street Part 1. <laughs> 1994. <laughs> maybe, maybe a skip it, maybe not. Skip it. Stay tuned. <laughs> You'll have to wait until we're back on the 27th. <laughs> I'll do a very short recap because by then, yeah, you'll have to do a recap. Yeah, yeah. by then, you'll hopefully, have I would have seen them. the second yeah. and third Okay, there you go. <laughs> Tentative skip it. Stay tuned, and we'll find out. Um, so yeah, I, I want to talk about the other film that was new that I watched, Fatherhood, um, with um, what's his name? Um, now I can't remember his name. Um, oh, whatever. I'll look it up. Anyway, Fatherhood, Kevin Hart. <laughs> Kevin Hart um, in in this movie, it Fatherhood. Very. I saw that it was not very good. No, it's it's a it's a terrible movie, um, and uh, you know it was why I was interested in it is I'm always interested to see a comedian go into the kind of the serious realm because you often I, I at least for me I often find that comedic actors can often really do great serious work. Yeah, we just like talked about can, Robin Williams. Robin Williams is I think the ultimate example where he was able to do comedy and able to do dramas and thrillers and it worked. Um, and you know, Kevin Hart is not the worst part of this movie. Like he was fine. I wouldn't say it proves he has huge acting chops, but I would say he like held his own and it was okay. Um, I, again, I just, I felt this film failed to do anything in the movie. So the premise is that everything interesting in the movie happens actually at the beginning where the premise is, um, and this isn't a spoiler because it's literally the movie. Um, his, his wife passes away just after childbirth and it's him and he has to raise his daughter on his own. Um, and he's kind of getting some pressure from his mother and his mother-in-law um, to, to, you know, move back home and leave where he is, where he has, you know, his job, his friends. And he decides, no, he's going to raise his daughter on his own. And he's going to, you know, tr try this. And um, then nothing happens for about an hour and a half. And then the movie ends. Uh, and I'm not even like, again, I and am it's not a, a pure drama. Yeah, it's it's Taylor. Nothing happens in this movie. There are no conflicts that are even remotely interesting. And I would imagine that it's more just day to day life parent stuff but it's a movie and there's no stakes and so there's it's nothing supposed to be like a character study yeah so so the climax of the film so everyone so everyone should know like climaxes of movies are when the big incident happens and it usually happens in the third act but it's not the end of the movie it's the this big incident has happened which sort of changes the dynamic of the movie and then there's some sort of resolution so the big thing that happens is she falls on the playground and for reasons that make no sense kevin hart blames himself 
and then finally says, fine, you're going to go live on your own with your grandmother. And then he reverses that decision two days later, and uh, the movie ends. How old is she? By this point, I think she's seven or eight, which is in elementary school. Um, I usually, it's hard for me to tell exactly like the ages, but she's not like a little kid anymore. Like they, they do the baby stuff for a tiny bit of the movie, but then they really skip to, she's definitely in elementary school. Well, that doesn't um, make sense either. What, when did she lose her mom? Uh, when she was born, like, like she never knew her mother. Um, so Again, it was during so like, childbirth. What are the, you know? he is able, he's able to parent her on his own for six yeah. or seven years. Basically he, he parents her for six years. She, that it must be like, she must be then maybe she's four or five, but she, cause she's starting at school, but I thought it wasn't kindergarten. I thought it was like grade one. Cause it was kind of like a, you know, a school with a uniform. It right. was where her mom wanted her to go. So I thought like, to me, she looks grade one. Like is what I would have guessed the kids are. But like, again, first of all, I get it. Like I, I am not a parent, so I obviously don't understand this. But he, uh, to me, kids fall all the time. Like I scraped my knee and fell down and things happen. And like, I didn't think it, maybe like I'll she, ask my parents, maybe it was first, this dramatic. I don't know. The first six years of her life, she didn't fall. She never fell. Cause like she falls and like, I, you know, she hurts her head and, and she does kind of like crack it open a bit, but like, whatever gets, gets to the hospital, <laughs> gets fixed up in five minutes. She's fine. Nothing else happens. Kevin Hart blames himself for no reason. And then like, just gives up like it's very it just it to me the film just lacked any sort of substance and it just kind of happened and i i think they were trying to show parenthood especially when you're on your own is very tough and i believe it like that that part was probably no question the, the you don't need a movie part. to tell you no that. no and like the when he was struggling with her as a baby you saw oh okay like this is things are going to go into sort of directions of like how can he handle a baby? Because babies are so tough and he can't like sit down and explain things to them. But then they just kind of skip several years. And the stuff when she's older, it's just like, I'm sorry, they're not problems. Like they're not, they're nothing, everything can be solved by sitting down and having a conversation. You know, ask her what she wants. Does she want to live with grandma? Does she want to live with you? There's her question. And like, like, and then. You know, it makes me think of, um, Oh, the movie with Dakota Fanning and Sean Penn, where he's developmentally oh. disabled and that the high stakes is that like CAS, like child services are going to take right. her away. Right. Take like her away. That, that is a, you know, that's a movie that really. Well, I thought that's what they were going to go. Yeah. Like I thought like the mother-in-law who who lost her daughter We're gonna say was going to challenge him. Yes, was going to challenge him. That's where I thought it was going, but I, I that's not what happened. And then this is apparently based on a true story. And again, I f- feel for the guy. Like I can I that would be one of the worst things you could think of happening. Um you lose your wife, you you're taking care of a child now, you don't know what to do. You're struggling with like yourself knowing can I actually accomplish this? But, not every but he sad- steps up. Not every sad moment makes for a good movie. No, like, like, to me, that's just, uh, yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> and I hate to say this, but I, again, he, he's not here, so it's fine. It's just life. Like what this was describing, just like life. And he steps up. He does everything he's supposed to do. Seems to be doing a pretty good job. She like, when she's older, she seems great. The big thing is like, she wears pants instead of the school kilt. And it's like, what? What? Okay. Well, I literally don't understand what the problem here is. Like, there's just no, 
There's no drama. Yeah, What's the school gonna... uniform? You can you can wear both. Cool. <laughs> like it doesn't. It just literally made no sense. There was no drama. Nothing escalated. It was just kind of meh. To me, it's it, it is what I would describe the perfect movie on an airplane. Couple laughing moments. If you enjoy Kevin Hart, he does stuff. There's a few cute moments in it whatever and nothing really happens and it's just you don't have it's to feel like stressed the, about the movie the movie i watched in the airplane with chris evans where he's raising his niece who's a oh genius. i started watching that on on television recently That's that a, was on there and another I watched it a bit. perfect although i would say that movie sounds maybe a little bit better than Fox the Hood. hour that i saw of that movie you're describing i think it's called gifted yeah. The hour of Gifted I saw was better than, than yeah. Father. But don't yes, you, 100%. the hour you watched, perfect. Would you agree? That to me is an airplane movie. Kind of forgettable, yes. enjoyable yeah. while you're watching it. But it's but... better. It's definitely better than Father. Okay. Because there's there's some sort of stake there. It's like the, you know, people, she she's not being challenged enough and from what I saw. And it's like, and he's an unconventional. He's an unconventional. Yeah. Because yeah. he's, isn't he the brother of. Yeah. So yeah, he so he's, necessarily... he's, he's the uncle. Yeah. And then the mom, like the grandma wants the, so like the, his mom, right? Like it would be like the, the mom, I'm pretty sure the grandma of the kid he's looking after wants to put her in traditional school in order for her to realize her potential. But he doesn't yeah. want her to go to traditional school because that's what ended up essentially driving his sister to suicide right so like there's a lot of stakes in that movie. to me that sounds stakes that, <laughs> yeah. that sounds like there's stakes Th- this the the stakes just never got there and they they didn't go they didn't do that they didn't do the the challenge or the rift between you know uh, the grandparent and parent they didn't do that they didn't really do anything um even at the you know at the beginning my kind of last word on this is at the beginning of the film they also made it seem like his friends were going to help and that's what he kind of said like oh i'm gonna have my friends and his That'd friends are kind of unconventional yeah and it wasn't like it wasn't like three men and a baby like it was they that would have like, been fun three men who have no idea what they're doing they did like two scenes of that and then never went back to it so it just it never it never worked um, so yeah, I think it's just an airplane it for me. It, there's, there's just not much there. Um, we're running out of time and I just want to quickly say that I also oh, yeah. saw a movie called above suspicion. Um, Amelia Clark is in it and some dude who I guess is famous, but I've never seen him before, but anyway, it doesn't matter because the movie was terrible. Um, and it's also based on a true story about a, uh, FBI agent who, had this sort of drug informant in the small town and he they like they had an inappropriate very inappropriate relationship during that time and like he was cheating on his wife with her uh, and then he murders her in the end oh and it was really bad it was not good taylor it was poorly executed here's the best part of the film best part of the film they showed an interview with the actual guy I love who was the FBI that. agent. And guess what, Taylor? Is he's describing what happened in the car. Because it's like they're in like a car and he like he like murders her. Um, he was smiling. So he's just a real He's just a up. yeah. Like he was talking about it. And I was like, it would it would have made it would have <laughs> like, made a better true crime documentary. Yeah. But this movie also came out three years ago or, or two years ago okay. or something. Didn't realize it. Thought it was this year. Anyway, it's not good. Doesn't matter. Skip above suspicion, it. really bad. Skip it. Uh, skip above suspicion. Skip <laughs> everything. Uh, maybe watch. Uh, maybe watch Fear Street. We don't know. And and if you're ever on an airplane again, uh, 
whatever fatherhood but if gifted, gifted. is there watch that better yeah watch that instead of it um but there you go taylor you and i say goodbye for a couple weeks and then we will be back with a show on july 27th hopefully reviewing stuff actually in movie theaters really excited back to, to the old show back. can you believe it uh, yeah i know i can't so thank you everybody for for sticking around uh hopefully you enjoy some star trek over the next couple weeks and if not you'll hear from us on the 27th go stream some movies Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.